0: Welcome to the strategic planning podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders with more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry. Mike knows the X's and O's that will help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the strategic planning podcast.
1: It's time for another edition of Strategic Planning Podcast with Mike Flanders, financial coach at Strategic Planning Corporation, serving you here in the Carolinas from his office in Colfax. I'm Mark Killian, your co-host, as we talk about these topics, investing, finance, and retirement. If you've got some questions, you need a little help, you want to check out Mike online, you can do so at spcinvesting.com. That is spcinvesting.com, stands for Strategic Planning Corporation. And you can also give him a jingle at 336-668-4338. 336-668-4338. That's 336-668-4338. Mike's been doing this for more than 40 years in the financial services industry. I feel bad saying that sometimes because I feel like that makes it sound <laughs> like I'm aging you. But I just think it's cool because you've got you've got such a good youthful voice and you're such an informative guy. So I just think it's a great experience. So hopefully it doesn't bother you when I say that
0: it does not i'm having a blast i want to do this as long as i can i tell people if i ever start saying weird stuff let me know because otherwise (laughs) i'm gonna keep doing it you know so
1: very awesome very awesome (laughs) well folks don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and check us out as we do more of these you'll get little notifications they'll come your way and you can listen to what mike and i have to talk about sometimes it's uh, about finance sometimes it's about life sometimes it's about all over the kind of map a little bit but uh, we try to cover things and bring it back home to the world of investing finance and retirement and uh, that's what we're going to do this week. I got a couple email questions, Mike. I'm going to run past you. We got oh, from some folks yeah, that listen to the show in and around the areas. And uh, let's see what we got here. I got a couple to choose from. Well, I think we could probably squeeze in a couple. So let's okay. see uh, what Georgia says. Georgia is in Stanley. And mm. she says, Mike, I'm doing really well in my 401k right now, but my IRA, not so much. Do I need to drop the advisor who manages that account or just do it myself?
0: Uh, Wow, that's a great question. Um, Right to the point. Yeah. You know, when I think about that, I think, well, I wonder why you're doing well in your 401k versus why you're doing maybe not as well in the IRA There's a variety of possibilities. You know, sometimes I'll see someone that is doing well in a 401k and I look at what they did and they're in some uh, aggressive structure and it happens to be a hot market right now. And so their risk, their volatility is much higher there than maybe what they're doing in some of their other portfolios. Yeah. And so, you know, why are they doing better? Well, it's because they're taking more risk. Well, What happens when the market turns? It's probably going to go down faster in that portfolio structure than maybe in one that's not as highly leveraged or as highly volatile in a different structure. So, you know, not knowing exactly, I don't know that I would just go fire someone, an advisor or a fund manager or anything like that, because of a short-term performance differential. I'd want to look more at Okay, so how are these things structured and does it make sense for where you're at in your life cycle, how close you are to retirement, how long you got to go, all that kind of thing. There's a lot of factors that come into play there, but it deserves a little more analysis than just uh, I've been doing pretty good for the last couple of months here and not so hot there. Let's dump them and go somewhere else. Another thing that happens when you do make changes in your portfolio like that, a lot of times you're really starting over in terms of the risk numbers in your new structure. You know, The longer you hold a structured portfolio and you continue to rebalance it and maintain it, the lower the risk becomes in that portfolio over time in terms of you know where you might be at any given point relative to what you've invested so you're taking a, a big risk that maybe you're jumping out at the wrong time or um, jumping into something else at the wrong time get some help and analyze the thing yeah, and see yeah. where you're at and why you're why you're like you're doing
1: yeah i mean everybody sometimes feels like we can take things on and do things ourselves but uh you know it can also be a little complicated now georgia we don't we don't know your age or anything like that so you know your time horizon can be a factor as well so definitely make sure that you're having a conversation with your advisor. Uh, and if you're not comfortable with that, cause that's kind of what you mentioned, then give Mike a call and have it and have a conversation with him. Oh, but definitely talk to somebody for sure. Three, three, six, 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 eight, four, three, three, eight, Georgia. If you want to call Mike 668 43, 38 thank you so much for the question and for listening to the podcast yep. all right martin has got a question and martin is down here in my neck of the woods he's down here in the old sandyford and sanford we refer ah. to it as the sand trap from time to time yep. <laughs> <laughs> and martin says uh he says mike i have a, money in an annuity that i'm not very happy with and want to move it to a different annuity but i'm told there's a big penalty involved if i move it out can you explain what that's all about
0: okay yeah sounds like your existing annuity may have a contingent deferred sales charge more commonly referred to as a surrender fee and they are structured by different companies and within different products within companies in a a myriad of ways anywhere from a short term maybe four year three year period of time during which if you take out more than a certain percentage of your account typically five or 10% in a year, that you pay a charge on the difference until that three years, four-year period has expired. Others have longer periods. Typical is seven to nine years. I have seen some as long as 16 to 20 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, it really ties your money up for a long period of time with a surrender charge. And sometimes those longer ones, they have a high percentage charge for quite a few years before they start dropping just in the last four years or so. So, number one, I do not like annuities for that reason uh, as one. Other reasons are they're often used in the wrong way. Uh, A lot of times, People will jump into a fixed annuity that is paying an interest rate. Maybe it's got a guarantee of 1%, 2%, 3%, what have you. Might have the opportunity to make a little bit more than that. But typically, an annuity is going to earn maybe just a little bit more than what a bank's CD will earn. And people will often find themselves jumping into these kind of things after the market's gone down for a little while and they're scared and making the wrong move. They're selling low instead of selling high and getting out of the market, jumping into something fixed like this. And now they're locked up and the market rebounds and they can't get out without a huge penalty. Just a big, big problem there. So I, I don't like the annuities. That's probably what you're looking at, Martin, is a uh, surrender penalty. You need to look at your contract, see when it was purchased, check out what the surrender fee schedule is, You may be able to gradually get out of the annuity by taking some of the penalty-free distributions that you can each year and avoid that charge against the uh, excess. And once you get to a point where the surrender fee is zero, you can unload the rest of it. Now, one thing you need to be careful of is if it's what's called a non-qualified annuity. In other words, you have paid taxes on the money originally, but now your earnings have been accumulating in the contract and you own this personally or in some fashion like that through a trust or what have you. When you distribute that money, the earnings are going to come out first and be taxable on your tax return, or subject to tax on your tax return, and the um, principal comes out last. However, here's another problem I have with annuities is how they're sold. If it's funding an IRA, you don't have that taxation on the money while it's in the account that the earnings are in an, uh, an annuity. But you also have that same feature in a traditional IRA. No taxes on the earnings while they're still in the account. Why do you need to put a tax-deferred vehicle inside of a tax-deferred program? There's no need for it. Annuities have huge commissions on them, and that's often why they're sold. If you don't know for sure where to find this information, call your person that sold the annuity to you. Ask them to tell you what the surrender fees are. Call the company. Uh, if you want us to take a look at it, i would be glad to. But that's probably what you're facing right now, Martin, is just a surrender fee schedule that's hopefully close to being done with.
1: Well, great question, Martin. Hopefully that helps you out a little bit. Lots of stuff to think about there. Great thing this is a podcast, so you can just back it up and listen to it again if if Mm. you didn't catch everything. So lots to think about. And, yeah, definitely reach out and talk to the person that you initially got it from. And if you need to have a further conversation, again, Mike is here to help. Give him a call at 336-668-4338 or other folks that are listening to the show that may have a similar question or concern. And you're listening to Strategic Planning Podcast with Mike Flanders. And, uh, Mike, let's go ahead and hit our main topic this week. And uh, I want to go fake okay. news. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, don't worry. We're not going to get political <laughs> not on political you. here? Yeah, okay. we're not going to get All political. Right. But, you know, look, the term has <clears> become <throat> synonymous, obviously, with the political climate. But mm. really, the phenomenon of this term has really spread to other parts of our culture as well. Everybody uses it now. Like you might, uh, you know, when we say, well, the Panthers are going to the Super Bowl this year. And somebody go, fake mm. news. <laughs> Right.
0: Hope
1: not. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, exactly. But people kind of label stuff everywhere. So I thought, hey, let's give the financial space a little fake news, if you will. And basically, I'm just going to give you a couple of things we hear or have read. And you tell us what you think. Is it possible? Is this you know a little closer to being real news versus fake news? Okay. So kind of kind of simple here for you. It should be. And just tell us your, your concept. Well, I like your simple. I yeah, need simple. There you yeah, go. Thank you. Well, Social Security. All right. Well, you've heard this for years. You hear something like, well, it's going broke. Is that fake news, or is that you know? I mean, I think it's been broke for a while, but is, is that something we need to be more concerned about than than not as we you know move through time here?
0: Well, Social Security is broke, has been for some time. Throw Medicare on top, the whole country's broke. But anyway, uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, but everybody, everybody's got
0: a job and the economy's doing well, so that seems exactly. kind of weird, right? It is weird. Yeah. So, you know, at this point, we're in a position where we're able to continue to fund those things through further debt. What are we at? About $22 trillion now and, and uh, going up. Um, yeah. Social Security going broke. At, yeah. it's Is it fake news? Nah, not really. Not so much. <laughs> but its intention is to uh, scare people and True. get them to take some sort of action. And, you know, there's advertising going on. Constantly with all these kinds of uh, news headlines and, and stories and so forth, and people use them to generate business activity. So, yeah, they can be rather, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sensationalistic. Uh, thank you very much. Yep. That's why I have you here, Mark. That's, to why, give me some words. that's why I
1: get paid the medium dollars. <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, Social Security, It. it I mean, it, there's got to be some changes. There yeah. have been changes in the past. I mean, under the it's Clinton right. administration right. with the uh, Republican Congress, they were able to work together and and come up with a solution to help extend the time frame. It involved taxing you on money that you had already paid taxes on previously, tax on tax, but yep. it was a way to extend that. They will work on some other things that they've got in as potential solutions at some point, but politically, it's something that a lot of it's those a folks chip, don't want right?
1: back. Yep. Yeah. I mean, and yep. we'll stay here for just a second because <laughs> um, I'm going to get your opinions on this. So if... If you're over fifty, do you yeah. feel as though that you're in any danger with Social Security? I think people under fifty changes are coming. I'm 48. I think changes are coming, probably for even for me.
0: Well, I sure hope so. I wish that back in uh, when was it Bush's term? They were, uh, and this is Bush 43. They were talking about privatizing Social Security. There was a little bit of a momentum on that for a while. And mm-hmm. of course, other countries have done it and have done just fabulously doing that, like Chile and so forth. Where but they don't have
1: the population we do. That's, they don't have. The about argument, right? Population.
0: Yep. There's a lot of arguments about it, like pro and con. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I wish we had done something then, be it privatized, partially privatized, or do something else. But it got passed over and we just moved on down the road. I think if you're over 50, you're probably going to see something similar to what you're expecting on Social Security, at least for a while. I know I, in younger years, I never included Social Security in my planning. I had just assumed it would not be there for purposes of planning. I'm now in striking range of being able to claim Social Security benefits, and I'm, like, amazed. I can't believe, really? That's really, wow. That's cool.
1: (laughs) That happened to me. (laughs) Yeah,
0: really. Yeah, we all age, right? Yeah, and so how many of those people that are under 50 are going to see something similar? I kind of tend to suspect that we're going to at some point either gradually decline the benefit down to around 75% of what it is projected to be now and I don't think it will happen in one fell swoop right, I think it will be right. a gradual thing well we hear but, things uh, like
1: means they're talking about means testing for people yeah. who have mm-hmm. I mean look someone who makes 20 million a year do they really need it like do they exactly. really right so you know but how do you go about fairly removing it from you know I don't know so it's going to be interesting and then you've heard other arguments where okay it's 62 it's the earliest if they just move it to 64 at the (laughs) earliest supposedly it can fund it for another hundred years.
0: Yeah. And you think about social security when it was first founded, people's life expectancy was under 60. And the only time you could start drawing benefits was at age 65. There was no early drawing at 62 or whatever. Mm -hmm. So they weren't expecting a whole lot of people to benefit from this thing. And so if it was 65 back then when life expectancy was 59, what should it be now in the 70s and 80s right
1: maybe it should be 65 or 70 you know before you can even turn it on I think that kind of change is probably what we're going to see uh, mm-hmm. And I know we're getting a little bit off of our soapbox here from our topic, but I think it's kind of interesting to have the conversation because, sure. look, no no administration, whatever side of political aisle you're on, we're not mm-hmm. going to go political here, but no one wants to be the one that stands up and says, well, it's gone and I'm the person who killed <laughs> it, right? Right. <laughs> so I think something has to give. It's just a matter of what. So mm-hmm. we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I kind of agree with you. So from our our topic of saying fake news, the Social Security, definitely there's, there's issues there. And there's definitely going to be troubles moving forward. So so the more you can plan to make Social Security not as large a part of your portfolio, your retirement portfolio, the better off you might be. And then it's kind of gravy on top, if you will.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yep.
1: All right. Cool. Let's do another one here. Another possible headline that could be fake news or not. The crash of the dollar, Mike, is imminent, so you should buy gold now.
0: Oh, one of my <laughs> favorites. Uh, yeah. You know, the dollar, it could be devalued. It could crash. It could become or not um, no longer be the uh, currency of exchange worldwide. I mean, the Chinese. Uh, well, theirs has fallen too,
1: though, right? Theirs has been oh, yeah. suffering. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yep, yeah, they all move around the euro and others but yeah you know, the Chinese would love to have the uh, currency of exchange be the uh, yuan uh, I believe it's what they, they call their dollar Yeah, I,
1: I always confuse that. I can never remember what it is, but yeah, I think that I think you're right.
0: I think that's it. But at any rate, you know, think back a couple of centuries ago when the British pound sterling was the currency of exchange worldwide. It's no longer. Did Britain go away? Was there a need to buy gold to survive in the United Kingdom? No. What does gold do for you? Well, it locks up your money. You don't earn any interest on it. You're at the whims of the marketplace as to whether it goes up or goes down. When do you sell? When do you buy more? It's a crapshoot. It's making a bet on something that may never happen. The dollar may not crash.
1: Well, you know, and I just looked it up, so Google's your friend sometimes. It is mm. the Remim- the Renimbi or the ah. there Apparently there's two, depending on which dialect. So
0: <laughs> so there you go. Well, uh, obviously the Renimbi or whatever you're saying, it must be the that's, southern that's one because the people's you draw currency. a little longer. Yeah, there maybe. Yeah, it's considered, <laughs> it's
1: Mandarin and it's the people's currency. Uh, uh, but yeah, I, I I agree. I, I, I think right now, I think too many nations still need us to be where we are. So I don't know if I feel like the dollar is going away anytime soon. And yeah. so, but the gold thing always cracks me up because it just seems like every few years it's like buying the gold now is cheap, and you know if mm. the world comes to an end, gold. What are you going to do? You're going to shave off a chunk of gold to go get some bread? <laughs> like I exactly. just don't see that being. You know, my dad used to joke with me and always say that if things came to an end, you'd get more done with butter and bullets than you would mm-hmm. than you would with me. gold. Well, that I think for now I'm going to label that fake news, at least fake financial headline news. But uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with one oh, more. Wait. before oh, you oh.
0: before you leave, Mark. Yeah. I did. I just thought of something else too sure. on that is if gold is something you ought to be buying now, why do they want to sell you their gold for your dollars if the dollars are going to crash?
1: (laughs) That's true. That's a good way of looking Uh at it as well. Yeah. 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 You need gold because the dollar is going downhill, but go ahead and give me your dollars to get the gold.
0: Yeah, exactly. It doesn't make a lot of sense.
1: Very true. Sometimes you just got to look at it for a second and scratch your head. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, one more, Mike, and then we're going to get out of here for this week's podcast. We're going a tad bit long, but that's okay. This one's been fun. Another one that you tell me what you think. Market crash coming soon. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, market crash is coming. Just leave the soon off. We don't know. <laughs> don't know, right. We just don't know. And it could be a sudden crash. It could be a gradual is crash. Is it a
1: pullback? Is it a correction? Yeah. Is it a crash? Is, okay, crash right. in a bear market. Is that the same thing? Yeah. Uh, oh, is is a. Yeah.
0: Say, say, say is, it, is a
1: crash in a bear market the same thing? People get confused by these terms, right?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it very well could be. You know, a crash is basically a decline of 20% or more. And that's the same definition as a bear, as a bear market. Yeah. Yeah. So it can happen suddenly. And that's typically when you call it a crash. If it's a gradual decline over time, then you're you're looking at what most people would probably call a bear market. Gotcha.
1: Okay. So I don't know. I, I'm with you, Mike. I think I've got a magic eight ball here. I shook it and it said outlook cloudy. So <laughs> uh, I, I think when you're talking about these headlines, folks, again, Most of the time, you know, we're on a podcast. We're not trying to push anything here. We're just offering Mike's uh, services if you need them, but also just trying to offer some information and a little bit of, of education for you to think about a useful nugget or two. But when you're thinking about TV shows or things of that nature where they're based in ratings, sometimes these sensationalistic things are just designed to be that, just sensationalistic. I think you still have to be smart. I still think you have to constantly you know, make sure that you're reviewing your plan, you're checking things with your advisor. And your plan really should be a living document, much like you. It should evolve just like your retirement's going to evolve. And I think if you stay with that, you know, we can't control the markets, but hopefully you'll, you'll be able to kind of stay in the forefront, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. there
1: you go okay so there you go that's our podcast for this week folks so look have yourself a good time enjoy yourself don't get too wrapped up in fake news but if you do have Ooh. questions or concerns make sure you reach out to your advisor share them with your advisor let them know what you're thinking because he can't make changes or she can't make changes or do things if they don't know how you're feeling and if you need a second opinion mike is help here to help here at uh, strategic planning corporation three three six 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 eight forty three thirty eight Subscribe to the podcast Strategic Planning, whether it's on iTunes or Google Play or iHeart or Stitcher, and check Mike out online at spcinvesting.com. Mike, buddy, thanks for your time this week. I hope you have a fantastic week.
0: Thanks. Hope you do too, Mark, and uh,
1: we'll talk soon. Yeah, we'll talk soon right here on the podcast. This has been Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders, financial coach at Strategic Planning Corporation. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.